How do we show up for each other? I think this is one of the hardest questions that we've had to face these last 20 months, two years, whatever you want to call it, as we've continued to live in the realities of the COVID pandemic. The patterns and practices that we have been used to may have happened, but maybe not in the way that we wanted them to happen, or maybe not in the ways that we remember them happening. I have to imagine that Hannah, the mother of Samuel, might have felt similar. Because you see, in an act of thanksgiving to God that she had been given birth to a child, Hannah left Samuel at the temple to be raised by the priest. And while this wasn't the most unusual thing to do at that time, and Hannah did willingly give Samuel over, I have to imagine that when, Sam, when Hannah was younger and picturing what being a mother would look like, or when she was picturing how she would take care of her child, I don't think that this was the way that she imagined it. I don't think she thought that she would only see her son when she traveled to the temple to make their yearly sacrifice. I don't think she thought she would, her son would have a life so separate from hers so quickly. <clears throat> Yet, even in this less-than-ideal situation, Hannah shows up for Samuel. Bearing a gift of an ephod, a little robe, a uniform that a priest might wear, which maybe looked a little something like this. This is my alb that my mom made for me for Christmas and gifted to me, similar to how Hannah gifted Samuel a little robe each year. This act, while little and maybe a little ordinary, that doesn't make it any less holy. When we show up for people in a phone call or a text or a baked good or a prayer, God is just as present in those ordinary moments as extraordinary ones. And so while we continue to live in this messiness of life, in many less-than-ideal situations, God is calling us to show up for one another and share in the gift of love and forgiveness and grace that God gave to the world. What does it mean to be in community? We moved my Nana into an assisted living facility in early March last year just or in 2020, just before everything shut down because of COVID. Within a week of her moving in, outside people were not allowed into the building, including clergy and other religious leaders, unless a person was about to die. However, as people were vaccinated, the assisted living facility started to allow in outside people who had been vaccinated and tested. So my Nana's pastor was finally able to bring in communion after over a year to give to my Nana and the other members of their church. Upon Pastor Andy's arrival, word got out that there was a pastor here with communion, and soon what was supposed to be a gathering of four women turned into a gathering of six women, and then 10 women, and then 15 women. So working with the staff, Pastor Andy was able to get bread from the kitchen, and my Nana scooted off with her walker to fetch a bottle of blueberry wine for the meal. 
The story gives me so much hope. Because after all, in our current society, we are constantly being told to divide ourselves based upon political stances, race, age, gender, culture, religion, wealth, employment, and the list goes on and on and on. This story serves as a reminder that in a life of division is not the life that God is calling us to. God is calling us into life together. This does not mean that we need to become a family, congregation, or community where all people are the same. Instead, life in God's spirit is where people make a difference, in fact, are a difference to one another in love and justice and dignity. And we can care for that community by giving money or food donations, which literally give life to those in need by providing for their needs. But we can also care for people by inviting them to join in community, like my Nana and friends did by inviting people to join in community once again and to be spiritually nourished by the communion that they shared. In a world that is constantly telling us to divide ourselves into us versus them, we instead are gathered together by God into a beautiful community of believers, which is definitely something to say amen about. So, amen. Why does God have to look so human? I imagine that this was a question that Mary often pondered when she looked at Jesus. At times, I can even imagine that it was easy for Mary to look at her son and see this tender, tiny, sweet, albeit sometimes rebellious child, and forget all that was and is to come. After all, prior to the story in the Gospel of Luke, it has been other people proclaiming Jesus as Messiah, as the one who would save and deliver God's people. Through angels, shepherds, prophets, magi, and even Mary herself, we have heard celebration and rejoicing in what God has done and the promises of what God will do in the future. And so, when we arrive at this story, as Mary and Joseph find Jesus in the temple, sitting among the teachers who were amazed at his understanding, you have to imagine Mary holding two images in her heart. One of a fragile, tiny baby sleeping in her arms with wide-eyed wonder at all the new things and one of a grown human called to face dangers and suffering in the name of justice and salvation. It's in this moment in the temple that Jesus is claiming his identity that so many others have prophesied and proclaimed. It's in this moment that once again, Mary treasures in her heart God's promises for the world. It's in this moment that Emmanuel, meaning God with us, the abiding presence of God, begins to take shape. In the glitzy and glitterly tinseled covered season of Christmas, it's easy to take delight in the sugary sweetness of the season. Through treats and movies, kids singing and babies in mangers, 
And don't get me wrong, I love the lights and the glitter and the glitziness of the Christmas season. But friends, in this passage, God is calling us to the next chapter. God is calling us to take delight in something deeper. We are called to delight in God's covenant with us, with God's promise of salvation and new life through Jesus, which is anything but sugary and sweet. Because this covenant, just wait for a moment, this covenant, this covenant that we share in here is anything but sugary sweet. It is flesh, and it's blood, and it's body, and it's the things that we are made of. The very human things that we are made of. This covenant is life poured out so that we may be made new. So it is that each Sunday when we gather together here and across the world in this ancient Christian practice, we get to delight in God's covenant and join with Mary, treasuring in our hearts God's radical act of love for the world. Amen. <laughs>